Welcome to What You Spin in Episode 7, the Singles and EP Edition, uh, Record Store Day Deluxe Redux Part 5. I don't know, whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, as you probably saw from the last episode, uh, we had some timing issues, so we didn't end up shooting this until Tuesday, last week's episode until Tuesday night. Uh, and that, combined with the fact that Record Store Day was yesterday, we decided to say, screw it, we're going to do singles or EPs, just like smaller albums. Uh, so we picked some great stuff. Uh, why don't we dive into that? Uh, George, what did, you, what did you pick for the people? Uh, the getting off stage step one. Uh, so it's actually like a two-part like EP thing, like there's step two. Um but yeah, the step one is super cool. Um, it was really like probably like one of the latest things that they did. I think they did something else in like 2019. Um, Double K and Fest One, those two are super sick. Like, I don't know, like, I guess their vibe is just like really like, I don't know how they managed to do it, but they make it always sound like, modern but also um old school and then but also make it groovy and it's like such a like good combination but they never like went outside of that like lane like they just kept that going and it worked every time um and so yeah this album uh a <laughs> asap free dumb with <laughs> uh <laughs> Cracks me up a lot. I think that's probably like my favorite. Um, Alley's is really good and Runaway too. Uh, Saturday again is awesome. Uh, Saturday again gives me kind of like a more of like like a gospel like vibe. Um, but like yeah, I think like out of everything that I've listened to from them. Um, or actually everything that I've listened to from them, just it feels like a feel-good, sunny day. I'm going to go have a barbecue with the homies. Like, that's, like, the vibe that I get off of this and every project that I've listened to uh, from them. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, like, Double K, uh, the, the bigger dude, uh, he passed away in, in 2021 on January 30th. Um, which sucks because he was only 43. Like, that's super young. Uh, and I wanted to see, like, what, like, why it happened, but they hadn't said any, yeah. like, any reason why. Yeah, um, I, was, I was looking into it, too, and I couldn't find anything. And, like, this to, was... Damn. Yeah. I looked, I looked for a solid amount today, too, because I went and listened to it again, and I was like, oh, because I had never... I'd never listened to people under the stairs. I'd heard about them, but I never like took the time to actually seek them out. And I was like, well, shit, homeboy's dead. And I was like, how did he die? Like, that's a really young age and he died in his own home. So I was like, what illness did he have? And I couldn't find anything. It didn't, didn't sound unhealthy at all. Like, I think it, it could, it could have just been like a freak accident, honestly. Like, I mean, ha like, listen, I mean, what happened to uh, Bob Sackett? It was kind of, he just hit his head and then he died. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but what do you what do you guys think? Um, I did. <clears throat> I do like this album. I had heard 
I heard of, of this duo um, from their original album because um, they have like some really good like the San Francisco song on there. San Francisco nice. Good song. Like I had I hadn't heard about these guys and when you brought them up, I didn't know at first, but I recognized the picture and I like was looking back at the discography. I was like, oh it's the same it's the same duo. Yeah. And what's cool about them is they're like they make their own stuff. Like they're all their albums they're like all self produced. Um they have their own they have some some features on some songs of their albums, but it's mainly just these two. Like it's mainly just both of them rapping and both of them like producing. Um, and they have that like that like West Coast hip hop feel. Like some songs feel like bouncy. Like you could just like bounce to them and other ones are like <laughs> groovy and soulful. Yeah. Um so this album, this like little EP, I really did like it. I like the um I like the opening track to it a lot. Um the opening track which was a hundred miles. Really liked that song. And then going into Runaway, Runaway was so weird because like I was listening to it and I usually have like my volume like somewhat high when I'm listening to music. And like when the like beat comes in, it just like is so loud and it like the beat is just like like a high pitched like some like instrument and it's like doo -doo 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 -doo, like it like just yeah. keeps climbing. So it like threw me off for a second. I was like, holy shit. Um, but like it was a really good song. I liked how they like go back and forth and they're like one of them just does their bar and then a hook comes and the other one comes. And it's like the duo that they have, that one has like a lower pitch voice and a higher pitch. I think that's what's like so special about hip hop when that happens because it it's like the best of both worlds mm -hmm. have like a duo that like comes together and do that um, and i think what like makes it like work too is because they got together in high school like they like and they're both producing too um and i think because they just they've known each other for so long like it just it just got better and better um and then also that track runaway you listen to that no 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 it yeah. like if you pay attention to it like it it sounds like running away <laughs> like the way it climbs up and then goes down it's like screaming like escaping it's like screaming that escape um and that track is like that's the first track that i think pulled me in the most but asap freedom willies <laughs> yeah i'm reading that song every time but yeah, I think that one's my favorite, but I think their chemistry, just because they've known each other for so long, it's just, you know, super cool. I think their first um, little EP was actually, uh, I think they were still in high school. I might be wrong, but I think they were still in high school when they did that. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, very interesting project to listen to not gonna lie uh because because of the feel that it has and it's you can almost sit there you can listen to the album and appreciate something different about it every time i feel like uh, i certainly did because i gave it a brief skim through like i skimmed through it and then uh had for had realized i didn't finish it and so but i was already like listening to jacobs and mine so i went back and listened to it and 
I almost did that, like just picked out influences the second time because there you can identify so much different, like so many different aspects of old school hip hop and, you know, modern day. Because I looked them up today. They've been around since 97, but this project came out in 2015, 2016? 2015. And so the one thing that, I, that really stuck out to me the most, uh, just from a general feel standpoint, was the fact that you would hear all of these like to for to make the to just to make the example uh a tribe called quest they yeah. did the uh we got it from here thank you for your service album yeah and i love a tribe called quest i like a couple of songs off that album but i don't like it as much as say like midnight marauders or uh low end theory because they made that sound. They made their whole thing off of that sound that they had back in the early nine or back early mid nineties. Mm. And then 2015 comes around and they're trying to do this album. And I know I understand a bunch of shit happened, like Five Dog passed away, R.I.P. Um, Q-tip, the whole Q-tip uh, like beef and everything. Exactly. Like there was so much shit going on with that that I felt you know like it was probably rushed or something, but. It was them trying to keep doing what they did back in the day, but also add modern aspects to it. And it didn't exactly work. As I far think as, I, they kind of lost their essence with that. Yeah. It was like, it, it was a perfect example of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that I really.
All right. Well, uh, let's dive into Jacob's album. What do you got for us, Paul? Waves by Joey Badass. Um, there's two songs on here. Came out in 2012, I want to say. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just two albums. It's just a single, but I think it's two very like important and like very impactful singles. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, like. I think this should be said more than anything. Joey Badass, he was like 16 or 17 when he like wrote this and made this. Mm. Which fucking mind-blowing, dude. The fact that he was like that young and like did this. Like this is like considered like one of his better songs because it was on like one of his better albums, his first album. And the fact that it was this good... And the fact that he even got a Absol for to do the second song on it, it's insane. Um, but I can go off on this, but I'll I'll let you guys jump in. What what do you guys? What are your thoughts on it? Um. So this out this fucking EP, these two fucking singles or whatever. Um, you could yeah you could tell how how like young he is on on this like joey sounds so young on waves um and waves was definitely and also enter the void was probably like amongst one of the first songs that i've heard from joey um and like immediately like i was hooked um one reason being that he used freddie joaquin's um waves which i was already like listening to this other album called study guides that uh freddie joy kim had made um and i had heard waves um so then when joey used that and rapped over it i'm like oh this guy is the shit dude like he has good ass fucking taste um not saying that i have good taste but he was using something that i like and i'm like oh shit i'm like this is fucking awesome so I listened to that and I'm like, dude, this guy is fucking awesome. I'm like, damn, like his name fits, fits, <laughs> Joey Badass. Um, and then I listened to Enter the Void. And then that's where I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Because uh, at that point, I don't think I had listened to Indigoism yet uh, by Underachievers. So that song really highlighted what psychedelic rap was for me. Uh, I mean, obviously there's been songs out like uh, ASAP Rocky's like LSD or whatever. Um, but I just, I didn't, I was like, fuck. at that time I was just fucking dumb. And I was like, well, fuck ASAP, he's popular. I don't want to listen to him. Um, but I listened to this song and Absol just fucking says the most psychedelic shit fucking ever. Tell my mama I'm a shaman ramen. <laughs> like, dude, uh, I'm the Messiah rap. My catalog is the Bible. <laughs> oh, God. Like, this fucking, I have listened to that song so many fucking times. Um, but it opened up like a new door to me. Like, I, at the time, like, I, I knew nothing about psychedelics, nothing at all. 
Um, and when I heard this, it, I was like, oh shit. I'm like, what is he, the third eye? I'm like, what, the, what, what? And, um, it just raised so many questions and I learned about a lot of things and then it opened the door to eventually Beast Coast, first Underachievers, Flatbush, and everybody else, and then Pro Era, and it just, did, Joey just really opened the door for me to a whole avenue of new artists. Um, and I think a lot of people can, can agree with that. Um, and the way Joey writes is so, so good. Um, like ahead of his time for his age. Like, it's insane. I was about to compare him. I, I hate using Nas as the bar. But, I mean, comparing it to him, like, Nas was 17 when he did Illmatic. And then Joey was this young, and he comes out that fucking, like, vicious, like, just fucking going at it. And talking about his his mom, the family situation, and over waves like that instrumental alone is such a good fucking like. Yeah. When I listened to Waves by Freddie Joachim, I already had like my own vibes and like what I was thinking about it and and how it made me feel. And then I listen to Joey's and I'm like, dude, this is only making me like more like interested into Joey Badass. I'm like, yo, this is fucking crazy. Um, that I that's I like that you brought that up because I I listen to like a lot of instrumental and like beats and stuff. And I didn't discover this till like a year ago because I, I discovered Freddie Joaquim and I was listening to his beats. And then I heard that song show up, and I was like, "Hey, this is the joy, the joy, the the waves, the wave song." Yeah. And he originally produced it, so I was like, "Dude, that's that's fucking dope that he like produced this song, and then it went on to his 1999 album." Um, what confuses me, and like I always like ask myself, I'm like, "What happened?" Because like Freddie did did Freddie and Joey like talk to each other? Like, did he yeah. get? the sample cleared or like did he just give it to him and it was just like fuck it you could use it but he was like a teenager at the time so like it surprises me that he just chose that and just fucking used it and it it's fucking fire but mm -hmm. it it seems like freddie joaquin is such a cool person he's just like fuck it whatever like i don't care you know yeah but i think i think it's perfect that he used that because he just, like, his storytelling on this for, like, especially for his age, like, him being, like, 16, 17, it is, like, insane. Like, he's rapping like he's, like, an old soul. Like, he has, like, lived through it, and he's, like, this is his lifestyle, and this is what he's going through, and this is what he wants to be at. Um, it's crazy, because I was looking at the, I was looking at the music video. Um, I went back to it, and it's crazy to see, like, Joey and, like, the pro era people like you say you see cj fly um you see powers pleasant they're and all super young they all look like kids dude yeah yeah like, i mean they were i mean we were like yeah. all like us being in high school probably listening to this like it, it's just like such a weird fucking like what yeah. the fuck because they were in high school too like they're in like the hallways and they're like rapping and they're like 
skateboarding like down the street and you see like you even see a uh, capital steve's in it which is fucking badass that you see like all these people yeah you see like all these people and you're like oh my god they're like so like they're kids dude it's fucking insane the fact that he like had the potential to make this song i think it really like opened up the ears to like so many people that like the east coast like they have like a up and coming like heavy hitter yeah badass um and i mean the rest of the history from there honestly so yeah i mean like he literally well i mean thanks to capital steve's but because of him his friend capital like they just birthed a whole new wave of east coast bangers that honestly like i feel like the east coast was kind of like in a drought while west coast is just fucking banging and then finally beast coast just like flatbush underachievers like the whole thing just fucking blew up like it the cultural impact is just too fucking like it's undeniable (laughs) like it's insane yeah, it it really it really puts into perspective how segmented rap music has always been. Like George, you and I uh months ago we had an Xbox party just the two of us and we were talking about uh rap territories for lack, lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, that's what it that's what it was. Right. You had you had the California like Bay Area rap and then you had New York, and that was it. And then over the years, you know, you see people pop out of the Midwest, whether it's Chicago with Kanye West, Chance the Rapper, or the Midwest, you know, Missouri with like uh, Tech Nine, Nelly, like all of those guys. At- Atlanta, dude, with fucking Ti and and Ludacris and Migos. Yeah, yeah. like the Outcast and all this other shit, like yeah. And so for the longest time in the early 90s, it was just California, New York. Those are the only states. And now you're we're listening to all of these rappers from all over the place. Like Portland, Oregon has a has fucking Amine, who I think is I think Amine is really talented. And then, you know, California is still shitting out rappers every day. New York's doing the same. But now, you know, with like the success of Dreamville, you've got uh, the Carolinas really popping off. Carolina, J. Cole and shit. Yeah. Yeah, Alabama with uh, and Tennessee with like Earth Gang and Isaiah Rashad. Yes, and all of this stuff and Ramirez and fucking yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then you could even mention Georgia and Florida with Suicide Boys and Puya Ramirez, like all of those guys. And there's so really it's mid like so there's Midwest, there's New York, there's uh, North California, like uh, like Too Short stuff, and then. Mm-hmm. Like Bay Area shit, and then like lower LA shit, like NWA and fucking yeah. like there's just fucking literally like every like fuck Idaho, I guess. There's yeah, and now that's the, <laughs> but, yeah, that's and that's the cool thing about it nowadays is that you could throw a dart at the map from at a map of the U.S. and there's a rapper from there that you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And where versus back in the day, like I had said, it was just Cali and New York, and, uh, and like lower um lower midwest like ohio dude yeah got people coming out of fucking ohio like bones for example i don't know if yeah you know. yeah yeah like, 
and I think also uh, Xavier Wolf is from from Ohio. I think Ohio or Iowa. I can't remember. I have to fact check that. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look at that too. But in it's to all of that was to lead up to this. Was you said that Pro Era like put New York back on the map and like Beast Coast, and they really did. Like New York didn't have a lot of shit coming out of it for the longest time, and you know we were at the height uh, back in 2012. TDE was huge. Uh, Drake was massive, and he's from fucking Canada. Canada, yeah. <laughs> G-Eazy, he was from Long Beach. Because like, at the time, I oh. think like it just, it all fell into place because, like, you had, like, Prodigy who just fucking died. Yeah. And then, you know, 50 Cent isn't doing anything anymore. And then, you know, well, now we got, like, Griselda coming out of Buffalo. But before that, like, there was nobody doing anything grimy like that either. Um, and I think Joey Badass and his whole crew just, like, did something also, like, very different from... they Like, they branched out and evolved from the gritty rap and did more, like, psychedelic. Like, yo, let's, let's be smarter. Let's be, like, we don't need to be fucking dumb, dude. Like, let's fucking, like, do cool shit. And it was just, like, a really young, like, 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 with good intention type shit, you know? Right. And it was, and it was also the era, you know, 2010 to 2013 uh, was what I, I, I refer to. It's not like a, th- I don't know if it's a thing, but I call that like the, like in the late 70s, early 80s, there was the new wave of British heavy metal, which you had bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest coming out of England and, you know, being massive. 2010 to 2013, I call that the new wave of rap music because, you know, you had Drake, Nicki Minaj, Big Sean, uh, all those guys were getting just massive, like ungodly massive how quick those guys had their rise to fame back in the day. And, and then just rap, like, I mean, at the same time, like, you had, like, um, like, dubstep just fucking blew the fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like Skrillex, like, Skrillex was, was huge. The whole, the whole spectrum just fucking blew up of different. Yeah. It, but as far as, like, as far as, like, mainstream rappers went, you know, there wasn't a whole lot between, like, 2004 to 2010. There was, like, a six-year span where mainstream where mainstream music wasn't very rap-focused or very hip-hop-focused at all. And then 2010 came along, and that was, like I said, Drake, Nicki Minaj. Like, all these people came out. 2012, Kendrick Lamar puts out Good Kid, Mad City. Joey Badass comes to the frame. And I think the reason why we all, like, at least the three of us, like, resonate with Joey Badass and this project was it was 2012 which is when kids in high school started smoking fucking pot at way too yeah. early of an age. Like, <laughs> like that was his... Yeah, dude. Fucking psychedelic and shit. Like, there was, like, it's, like, I talked to my friend Diego, but I'm, like, because of... <laughs> it sounds so stupid. You guys are thinking I'm crazy, but because, like, I listened to shit like this, I fucking wanted to know what psychedelics felt like. And there's, like, a a YouTube video... There's a couple actually where it's like a simulator, like an LSD simulator, and you can watch it. And basically, it's just like a spiral that you watch for like a minute, and then it tells you to look away, and you look away, and like everything's like fucking moving for like 30 seconds. And uh, 
me and my friend Diego would just like look at that in our study hall class and we'd just like watch it and just like look around and be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but it just like it's yeah, dude. Like I think it really just put a dent in history. Not even yeah. a dent, dude. I feel like it was big so much bigger than that. Like Yeah, well because it because like we had said it like this whole movement, not just in un like no discredit to Joey Badass, but you can't just pin it on him. It was underachievers. Oh, Flatbush zombies came of course, out. Yeah, of course. Like all of this stuff really pushed New York. They were like, "Hey, you remember Biggie?" Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, they basically all these guys like were putting music out. And they said, "Hey, remember fucking Biggie Smalls? Remember Nas? Like, yeah." here you go we're still at it <laughs> new york ain't been sleeping <laughs> and you know they're they're good because like even like flatbush zombies for example we're getting off tangents i know but like uh flatbush zombies for example like uh they're i forget what it's called wow uh their glitter album or whatever uh they had on facts they had jada kiss dude and i'm like dude I Nietzsche Darko and Jadakiss rapping together on the same song. I was just like, they're hard, dude. Like they did for to have an old head fucking rap with someone that's literally our age is fucking incredible. Right. Um, and cause I, the only reason why I say that is because Jadakiss isn't like a sellout type of person. Like he's not going to get on a fucking stupid, like, no discredit to Drake, but like he's not gonna get on a Drake song, you know. Like he's gonna spit some bars and and do cool shit. Um, and so yeah, it was cool to see. But yeah, it was just really like Joey Badass is fucking great. Yeah. Only thing yeah. I have to say is like my final thought is I'm sad Capital Steve's isn't here today because i i i really wish i could see what he would have accomplished right uh, and jake uh jake you go ahead and then i'll make my final thoughts um yeah i don't know where to go from here <laughs> we, we kind of went all over the place we did we did we got off <laughs> like i don't know i think it's a great i think it's great singles it's fucking killer that Joy was so young and did, like, such a big impact. Because um, when this came out, like, he was on, like, radio shows, like, all over the place. Like, he was on Sway. He was on fucking um, the one with What's-His-Face. He was on a bunch of, like, a bunch of radio shows and, like, a bunch of shows. Yeah, he was on Ebro. He was on Sway. He was on... Um, that other, that bald black dude, I forget his name, but he was from Breakfast Club. Not, uh, and there was, there was, they're like New York, uh, like, uh, like shows and stuff, but he was like on a bunch of them and he would like do interviews and he'd do like freestyles. Um, so it really like brought, like, yeah, I think, and he went off. Yeah, he would go off, he would go off on, on any freestyle that he got. And he's still like 16, 17. Like it's insane. And even even like the lyrics to Wave, like he it's crazy how he like had a vision and he like pretty much like accomplished it like at such a young age too. Cause he's like at one point he's like 
he's like, but it's far from over. It won't stop till I meet Hova and my mama and Arova. Yeah, like, dude. He yeah. did both. Like, he already did both. Like, he already, he's met Jay-Z multiple times. And he can buy, like, whatever he wants at this point. And yeah. it's insane that he's, like, he's kind of still in between that spectrum of, like, being an underground rapper and like a, ma- a mainstream rapper. He's like kind of floating in between. And I think that's what's cool that he can like jump back and forth. Like he could hop on a CJ Fly track, but then at the same time be on a Tyler the Creator song, you know? Like he's like back and forth and he's like the best that he could do like one or the other, you know? I think but- he knows how to like please his fans, to be honest. Like I feel like he knows like where his demographic is like he has his main base which is underground shit but then he also like branches out he's kind of like exploring i feel like he's like yo let me see what this fucking mainstream is about i feel like i could have some fun and with that i feel like he brings in more more people to the original fan base which is underground shit um yeah i think that's pretty much all i gotta say and then also the cover art is fucking awesome. Waves, and then it's like literally like waves around it. <laughs> dude, you yeah. got like, oh, like, like the Casio watch, like yeah, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think just to wrap up, uh, Jake was the guy. Real quick, was the guy you were thinking of? Was that Joe Budden, the radio show guy? Uh, I gotta look up his name, but I think he was on. He might have been on uh, Joe Budden also. I want to. Oh, okay. I, I was <laughs> about to say the New York ones that that he was a part of. Gotcha, gotcha. So just to cap up, uh, Waves was probably the most badass, like Joey badass beat he could have done, and I mean it makes sense because it was like the first thing he ever put out. And what a way to come out, like to just pick a beat and then rap over it in that fashion and then continue that same theme throughout because you listen to even songs off of all american badass and uh, before the money in 1999 and it's just this is joey badass like it's just bang 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 like he yeah. he doesn't differentiate from that and it's like dude it's again if it ain't broke don't fix it because it worked it worked so well uh, like if you have a formula that just fucking worked right off the bat why fucking tamper with it I mean, it's, you could you could for the sake of experimenting, but I mean, within reason, though, right? Exactly, and also, uh, him with Absol that early in both of their careers, and them working that well together. Why have they not done more shit together? Like I, like you know, you think of you, you think of rapper collabs. And, you know, you listen to your favorite rapper and you're like, man, I wish they would do a song with blah, blah, blah. Like, I forgot to tell you this, George, yesterday. The, uh, so Friday night, I had a dream about the new Kendrick Labar album that's supposed to come out next month. I'm excited for that. Me too. I had a dream that there was a Boldy feature on it. And dude, that it was <laughs> if it did, oh, my God, I would lose my fucking shit, dude. <laughs> exactly. I had this dream. I had a dream that I was listening to it. And I was like, holy fuck, is that Boldy James? And <laughs> Kendrick Lamar track featuring fucking uh, or the or the beat produced by Al Kmiss, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, oh, my God, dude. Right? That would be right? he, he would just body everybody on 
in hip hop, he Kendrick is the king, dude. <laughs> exactly. So I I had a dream about that, and you know, you think about to bring that up. The reason why I brought that up is that you think about you know you listen to rappers that you like, and I at least do it to him like, man, if like if so and so if like if like Kanye did a song with mf doom back in the day or like was on an mf doom track and the closest he ever got was he did no more parties in la with kendrick lamar produced by madlib that was the closest we ever got to a doom kanye but like you know you just you think about those collabs in your head um J, uh, joey badass and absol i never thought of i never thought like oh i love absol and joey badass like it would be cool to get them on i never had that thought i do love both of them never had that thought to where i was like get them on a track together I think it was just like that psychedelic thing. Exactly. That was like literally the thing that united them. Yeah. Otherwise, like, I don't think they would have worked together like ever. Me either. And that's the thing is the fact that they collabed and it was that good. And it was also early on in both of their careers. That's why I think it hasn't happened since. But my God, would I love to see that happen again? Because they, that song with both of them on it is perfect. Like they work yeah. so well together. Like keep your chakras open. I love that that fucking hook, dude. It's so good. There's so um, many times where it's actually like happened. Like there's like times like when I thought we're getting off tangents. I feel like this is gonna be a long podcast. <laughs> but um, like it's so like I love Common and I love Pharrell. I for some reason thought like yo they should. I wish they would have worked together. And then I found Electric Circus. And I found, like, other shit that they worked together with, which was fucking amazing. And then I'm like, man, what if Pharrell worked with fucking Kanye, dude? And that shit happened on Pharrell's first album in my mind. And it's just, like, little things that I think, like, yo, dude, if this artist works together with this artist. And when it does happen, it's just, like, my heart is, like, uh, yeah. Like I like I feel good. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the, it's just man. The, in this effect, the the one kicker for me is like, damn, these guys have just started out and collabed on a song and right. made an absolute heater. Like, right. yeah. But that's all I have to say about it. And we are going to get on tangents because these albums we picked are I short know. as hell. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with done with. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, any last words? I'm done now. All right. So for this week, if you saw last week, I picked Flat Beat by Mr. Oizo. Uh, French electronic music from 1999. Uh, Also, do not eat this record. If you ever had the idea to, don't do it. Um, Flat Beat was... (laughs) actually the first song that mr oizo released uh it ended up being on his first album analog worms attack uh but the single that i have there's a uh, this is the uk 12 inch version it's got flat beat monday massacre and sick dog try to speak uh this is the first song that i heard from mr oizo and his entire catalog but specifically this flat beat and a couple other songs were very influential to me personally and got me into DJing uh, personally. But what did you guys think? 
Um, I fucking love this um, because, like, I have like a lot of uh, people that I listen to that are French, and for some reason, I guess in France, like, there's a lot of people who were into techno, um, and it's like very like '90s like techno. Um, so I thought that shit was fucking tight. Um, but Mr. Oizo, for sure, like, some of his tracks are like very like hip hop orientated as well. Um, like Monday Massacre feels like that. Um, and they just have, he has like dirty, dirty fucking beats, like dirty, like hi-hats and dirty like drums. And it just works so fucking well. Um, and yeah, he just fucking, he knows how to like put shit in within, you know, like a beat. But then he also switches it up. And it's something that reminds me of Daft Punk a lot. Um, and yeah, no, this shit's fucking awesome. Like, Mr. Oiz- Oizo. Like, I found that uh, through uh, this guy named Busy P. Uh, was a suggestion through Daft Punk. Um, and then, you know, also the there's this album called Daft Club, which is a... Daft Punk album that's really just a compilation of people, other French people doing remixes. Well, then also other producers. Like there's um, Slum Village actually did a remix of one of one of Daft Punk songs and the Neptunes as well. Uh, I would recommend that album. But um, yeah, Mr. Oizo, first song that I was to do was Cut Dick and then um, Flat 55 was really good i really enjoyed that one um i think it's just super interesting i feel like he's really good at like putting beats in different places and making it work and making it fucking bang dude like it's fucking good yeah i hadn't heard of mr oizo believe it or not and it's kind of bizarre to me just because i used to listen to like a lot like back in the day, I listened to a lot of dubstep, a lot of EDM, a lot of techno. But I had not heard of this. And I feel like if I would have discovered this when I was really into that, I would have loved this. Because um, I'm, I'm like, I went back to some of his other songs um, and I really like them. I really like how you kind of mentioned it. He like, he'll stick to a beat and he'll stick to like a synth and then he'll just like switch it up. And then he'll add like more layers to it. I mean, it gives it, like, that much more, like, spice to, like, his beats. And flat beat, I really liked. I like the, uh, yeah, I know, uh, I looked at the video. Dorian sent us a video earlier in the week. Yeah. Of, like, the, uh, like, whatever, what is it? Like, it's, like, the mascot. He's, like. Flat Eric. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, uh, or, no, he's on, he's, uh, he's like, doing, making a phone call. <laughs> and he, like, puts the phone to, like the microphone and it's like he's head bobbing to it like he's going crazy <laughs> it's like, so like that's a, like it, it's funny that like he does this shit but it's also like very like it's so comedic but also so fucking cool like he has fun with with music and he's experimenting and shit like that yeah no it's it's fantastic and his whole line of work is just incredible. I mean, every artist will have some misses, but he rarely does. Uh, 
his his just his talent for making music like that and this because it came out in 1999 had you know we've talked a lot of about a lot of impactful shit this mm. spawned like three different sub-genres of uh electronic music uh you guys mentioned how he has the tendency to stick to like a backbeat and have that be the theme but will throw different synths and different like accents over it different sounds and you listen yeah and you listen to modern house music you listen to djs like uh ac slater mala takami all these guys they will stick to a certain they'll stick to a beat and then add in different like synth sounds you know and kind of experiment with it and then have a more defined drop and that's the one thing that he didn't have because it wasn't a thing back in the day was having drops where it's like oh don't 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 like the whole track was like that back in the 90s and but he spawned in my in my opinion he inspired all of those guys to start doing like hey this is how like techno doesn't just have to be yeah like you can actually you could change musical you can be musical about it and you guys had mentioned uh monday massacre as also being borderline a hip-hop beat yeah both both that and sick dog try to speak are also like i i have a note here uh mellow sweet uh mellow beat switch at the end of monday massacre where it has like that weird it's like all it completely pans out and it's just like a piano beat with like a little like a little drum break uh and then sick dog i feel like that was almost a quasimodo beat like (laughs) if madlib just took the whole track and just added some like cartoon voice lines and some scratching to it that could have been a quasimodo beat like a hundred percent um and not even just he didn't just influence like deep house or house music you know that's very still very much based in that's like the the backbeat for a lot of modern still modern day house music he also did there's a subgenre called mid-tempo and my favorite one of my other favorite djs rez is in that genre where it's very deep but not like aggressive to compare it she's she's in between like mr oizo and excision or skrillex it's like a perfect middle ground and but very drivey i'll bring up one of her albums at some point but monday massacre i listened to it again this week and i was like oh this definitely spawned the mid-tempo movement you know and to have three songs on one little single that somebody some stooge like me can sit there and pinpoint be like oh this actually influenced so many people is unreal to me it's fantastic i i love mr oizo i'm gonna try to get another one of his albums and we'll talk about him again uh but one day masker like reminds me of teachers from uh daft punk's homework album uh because it's just like hip-hop like type b and but what's cool about um teachers is because and they call it teachers because they're just shouting out a bunch of like djs and producers the whole song which they're teachers right you know the series and djs and shit um that reminds me of monday massacre a lot um yeah, I think just like the whole like 
tempo and also like octave octaves that's going yeah. off with Mr. Oizo. I compare it to Gas Punk a lot just because like it's something like I don't know how, like how to explain it, but it's like an e- it's almost like kind of like easy to track like mm-hmm. how many how many beats before it starts changing. Yeah. But then when it does change or the when he does add a sound, it just works. It makes sense. Like it fucking drops at the perfect time. Like it's all timing. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Oizo just does it perfect. And and the thing, <laughs> yeah. The the thing I really like about him as a whole is he, you know, you hear a lot of like modern music in general using a lot of high notes as like the melody. He, this guy says, "Fuck it, I'm using bass notes." Like in flat yeah. beat, the whole melody is like it's it's wild to me. It's like no one does that anymore, and no one has like it's not something a lot of people do, but. Other than that, those are my thoughts on Mr. Oizo. Jacob, do you have anything to wrap up? No, I think I think it's really I could see how it spawned a lot of like EDM and pushed a lot because there is like very different types of like this type of music. There's like house and there's like techno and then there's like dubstep that's like more like more sounds like more violent and like a little like heavier. And I could see how he kind of like paved the way because I hadn't noticed that until you guys like mentioned it. Like, yeah, like it is kind of just like the same flowing like structure wise. Like it's all just like one like same like song. There's no like up or down area with it. Like where there's like a drop like in like modern like house music and dubstep music nowadays. He just kind of had like the same pace that was working for him and that sounded amazing and then like more and up up and coming like uh producers and like beat makers they would like that was i could see how that influences them because they like wanted to start doing drops and like start adding like switches and ever since like that like that's would be typical now like nowadays you wouldn't hear something like this like nowadays it's kind of like forcing like producers to put drops in like their beats yeah so i thought that was pretty cool i thought that was pretty interesting that you guys mentioned that and thinking about it now i'm like that is true like it it kind of did kind of like force a movement like a change that happened to it this this ep is like really like a precursor to dubstep I want to be honest, I fucking hate dubstep. <laughs> but, like, this, I fucking love. Like, this, yeah. is, I fucking love this. This yeah. is what I like. Dubstep and, is just an exaggerated version of what this is. And, and I think that's why this is the most popular fucking song from Mr. Oizo. Because, like, he really did encapsulate, like, what dubstep is now, you know? Um, it's just a bunch of fucking beat breaks and fucking, you know, putting shit together and fucking, you know, making wild sounds. Um, I mean, look at Skrillex. Look, look what the fuck he did with his, his shit. It was just fucking wild. It was all over the place. Right. Uh, but it was, it was calculated. And yeah. that's probably the only thing that I would 
that I do kind of appreciate about dubstep is that it, it is calculated. Each sound goes in or goes out at a certain time. Um, and I think Mr. Oizo on this EP did that. Um, but yeah, I think that's my my final thoughts on it. Other than the the puppet, I feel like the puppet is such a funny. Like, I love yeah, it. Flat Eric, dude, show, for sure. Yeah, Flat Eric is the shit. Uh, <laughs> trying to get my own puppet of him just to fuck with people. Uh, <laughs> have him in the passenger seat of my car, just strapped. Yeah, out. talking on the side. <laughs> yeah, uh, but with that being said. Uh, Given that this is the Record Store Day Deluxe Edition, uh, let's dive into what we got yesterday, what we scraped together. Jacob, what did you find? Yeah, so I was mainly looking for, like, one thing, one thing specifically, and they had it. Um, it was, like, the only one that we saw at both of the record stores that we went to, which kind of, was kind of a bummer, because I know Dorian was looking for it, too. Um, but... Picked up a DS2 by Future. Um, this is a great cop. Like I like when we showed up to Hustle Record, Hustle Records, which was dope. Like when we showed up, there was a, there was no line outside, so we were like, all right, there's like no one in here. Like we're at a perfect time, and we like walk in, and there's just like people left and right, like 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 rubbing like elbows, like just to get past people, like. Yeah. And, it was, it was fucking hard to move around in that fucking store. Yeah, packed. Like, in a store that there's, like, some, like, tiny aisles, and you're, like, literally yeah. having to, like, like touch each other's shoulders when you're walking past. Like, it was cool to see, like, how many people showed up. Yeah. Just look around and, like, you know, like, spend money on some records. Um, but this is one of those, one of those that I was looking for. <laughs> that me and Warren were looking for. Um, so I caught this. It was, it was a steal. Um, second album I got was... Yes. Um, Shot A Villain, right? Yeah. Which uh, I had seen this before. I had kind of brushed this aside. I was like, oh, this is like an unofficial thing. Like, it's not like real. Like, it's probably lame. But we were listening to it at uh, Moon Rock. They were spinning this, and it it really caught my attention because it was like uh, it had like Sade instrumentals and like her vocals on it mixed with MF Doom. Like, come on, like it was badass. Yeah. So I got this. Um, so I got this. Then as well got a section yes. with this. I had been looking for a minute. Um, just cause like it, it's, it's, it's kind of an, an unofficial, so it's kind of hard to come around as is cause not a lot of places will have them and online they'll be kind of expensive, but mm. they had that at Moonrock, shout out Moonrock. Moonrock is the spot to go to in Eugene. Um, hey. yeah, we're, those were my three purchases on record store day made out like a bandit and i'd like to think i did too <laughs> so jacob got ds2 from house of records and i went and snagged master of puppets by metallica uh one of the best metal albums 
from the 80s probably it says on the sticker greatest heavy metal album of all time by rolling stone readers poll it has a leg to stand on i like some more than this but this is like i was three years old uh it was 1999 metallica did their show with san francisco orchestra and my dad always tells the story of me hanging from the oven door with my hands on the oven singing <laughs> master of puppets so this album i've been listening to this album since i was fucking three years old master uh, Hell yeah. yeah exactly master master um <laughs> and i had been searching this down for years uh finally found it in person yesterday so that was just so exciting to be able to find that uh and then I got, to cap off my Quasimodo collection, I got the first Quasimodo album, The Unseen. As I mentioned last episode, we will at some point talk about all three Quas albums, so this will be brought up at some point. And then that was my that was my plan B if I couldn't get DS2, because as Jacob mentioned, I was looking for that. I said, fuck it, if I can find The Unseen, I'll be a happy camper. I found the unseen after finding Master of Puppets. I got that from Moon Rock. And then I got this little gem. Fucking Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator. Uh, fantastic album. Did not think that I was gonna see that yesterday. So I almost kept it a secret. I kept it a secret from the boys for a couple minutes because I was like, I don't really want to know I have this because I'm about to get fucking mugged because of the price. I like, got it for a really good price and I've never seen that album in person. So yeah, that's what I made away with. And you know, like I got <laughs> canary um the bad, bad, not good album. I saw it for 18 bucks, but I said, I guess I'm not gonna buy it. Um credit. Uh but and also Al Green. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah the albums that I wanted to buy, but it's just like, you know, I don't have a record player, so I'm not gonna be like over here right. collecting records when I don't have a record player, you know? Right. Uh, well, George, you did do something fantastic yesterday, and we'll be showing it. Hey. Right. Now. Than the blood in your stool, the way it repeats could trick you like a stuttering fool, uttering butter king jewels. It might have been cool. Schooled on how to wash away the crud in the drool pool. Made his chrome dome glisten. At first he couldn't tell she had a chromosome missing. Kept a spear somewhere in these underwear. He swear he helped to get the gum out her hair. They need to get their thumb out their rears and show some skills the one time they come out in years Instead of dumbing out in fears of their own shadow In a game that swell them up to denim white cattle Alright, that was the video that George shot for yesterday. Fucking fantastic work. He also got some good, can uh, good photo photos. You can follow us now on Instagram at whatyouspinning.com that's W-H-A-T-C-H-U-S-P-I-N-N-I-N. -N -N. No capitals, no punctuation. Just what you spin it on Instagram. You can see George's video that we just uh, showed. 
on there. And you can also see uh, some of the photos he took both at Moonrock and at Jacob's Place when we hung out and spun some records. But what do you say we dive into next week's albums, boys? George, what do you got for us, Pop? Let's talk about you guys, because like I'm, I'm like very conflicted right now. Like I want to pick different albums, so you guys go first. Bet. All right, Jacob, you go first. What do you got, Jacob? Big bet. So we kind of already spun this a little bit at my place, but I feel like I have to do this. Um, this week I will be spinning again. Uh, Pray for Paris, West Side Gun. Yes. Um, this is, yeah, fantastic album. My favorite album, personally, from West Side Gun. Um, so, yeah, that is my pick. And I hope you guys are ready, because it's definitely very interesting, very different. But it is, like, right up our alley for all of us that we like hip-hop, so. Yeah. Hell, yeah. And I hope y'all are ready for this next one, because it is out of y'all's wheelhouse. We've got Frizzle Fry by Primus. Their debut album. I don't know this, but this looks super sick. Very, very interesting album. Very interesting genre of music. That is a hard band to try and pigeonhole. Uh, much like Tool, uh, you can't really pin a genre on them. But they, I made that comparison, but they are nothing like Tool, man. They are Primus has its own little thing that they're doing. Tool has their own little thing that they're doing. But this is way off the beaten path i am excited to see what you guys got to say about it george have you made your decision yeah i think i'm uh doing dots and loops by stereo lab nah i think based off of uh, the, the ep i think in certain ways you would appreciate this uh Dorian and then Jacob, I think you could appreciate the vocals on it, it being soulful. So it's like a very interesting mix, but yeah, I'm picking that. Uh, just make yeah. sure you don't listen to the extended version <laughs> to pick okay. the yeah, just the standard release. Yeah, the yeah, just big bets. Alrighty, boys, once again, great work, great episode. Had a last yesterday uh again people at home feel free to follow us on instagram uh what you spin in at instagram uh follow our or add your add our what you what we spin in bangers playlist on spotify to your own playlist so you can revisit it we do add the songs from the episode either the day prior or the day of uh you can really see what we're talking about in the songs that we mentioned because you know if you don't listen to the album it's a little hard for reference but uh sometimes we put a shit ton of an album in there sometimes we only put a couple songs um but yeah that this has been public so like if someone like likes a song that maybe we didn't add okay okay i did not know that yeah feel free make if you do that just make it from the albums we're listening to yeah, fuck it up. We will lock that shit down if it gets out of hand. If if you guys start adding other stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it private. Okay, do not fuck with our shit. But uh, feel free to save that to your Spotify library. Uh, this has been what you spin in episode seven. Uh, we are back to full length albums for next week. We will see you then. 
again. This is Dorian, joined by Jacob and George, as per usual. Have a great fucking week, y'all. Peace out. Love you guys.